everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where we are still humming along to the incredible sounds from last night's Yiddish Soul concert in Central Park, and for good reason, it was absolutely fantastic. Good morning, folks. Thanks for listening. I am Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, and general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison, and right before Nachum's live lunch, do my eyes deceive me? Am I joined by Yoni Pollock, host of Bite Size, here this morning? Well, I'm not a rummy, so... That's true, I and you don't look... At all alike, so right. I'm I'm happy that I'm able to distinguish between the two of you. Yeah. Good morning to you. Good morning. A great bite size yesterday, oh, by the way. You. It was a good time. Yeah, you had a good time, and um, I'm following a little bit more in all the sports talk. I'm trying to get more into it, and you know, a little bit more knowledgeable. Not saying it's going that smoothly, since I know nothing about Texas right. sports. Right. Well, um, I try to include a little New York flavor. Try to, but right. did you like that word amassment? Yeah. Yes, when you used the word amassment, and you were and you were almost like pulling for it, and then wondering on the air, is that really a word? Right, I just wasn't sure. Right, but either way, number one, even if it wasn't a word, you conjugated it right, well. Exactly. Right, and number two, I'm a complete believer that you can make up your own words as long as you use them correctly and consistently. That's why the English language continues to develop. Undopy. There you go. I don't know what that meant, but that's fine. Um, uh, yeah, by the end, uh, you had two great interviews yesterday, one from Tova, from yes. Tova Knecht, and one from Joanna Shebson. Yes. So good contributors on Bite Size. That's they do a great job. They're yeah, really show's really picking up. Good for you. Uh, shout out to our friends at the Folksbina. Last night at Summer Stage, it was a third annual concert, the Yiddish Soul Concert. I'm not kidding when I tell you it was phenomenal. And actually, Time Out New York tweeted out yesterday, they had posted that Yiddish Soul is a, is a must-do. And and they're 100% right. Besides the fact that the concert is free, which I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to lie. It obviously helps. It encourages everyone to come when you know that there are no financial constraints. And you can bring your family. And it's not an activity in Manhattan that's going to, you know, take 100 bucks out of your pocket. It is such a feel-good night. It is such a feel-good night. You have, it, it, you have people from all walks of life who are just singing in Central Park. They're singing, they're clapping, they're tapping their feet, and it's to it's to music with soul. It's to music that has Yiddish soul in it, and it is such a feel-good opportunity. And one of the things I said to Nahum last night um, is that one of the reasons that to me, and I and I'm sorry to go on and on about this concert, but I, I think it. You know, to me, it's, it's this important that it bears mentioning. One of the reasons that that concert is so successful is because there is no competition between the artists who are backstage. This is not a cutthroat activity. Instead, it is a concert in which all of the artists who participate complement each other. It's, it, it's just the way it is. The Klezmatics were awesome. The place, I mean, you got 5,000 people in Central Park and they are literally rocking out with the Klezmatics who are Grammy Award winners and for great reason. You have this new guy to the scene, this troubadour who has just come back from Berlin. His name is Daniel Kahn, who did a rendition of Leonard Cohn's Hallelujah that got everyone, including the rest of the artists and every person in the audience, either standing up or singing or just involved. It was incredibly incredibly moving and then the last song of the night was a curry bone that the klezmatics led everyone was on stage the maccabees zusha yankee lemmer Chaim david burson uh, I, I mean it was phenomenal it was just phenomenal and i think it's because it is a collaborative event it is not like some of the events that we have been to where the artists are you know they're all there nobody gets enough time and and that's true nobody gets enough time and they're all in competition with each other and so there isn't this harmony backstage 
But here there really was harmony backstage. And you had, at one point, you had Yankee Lemmer and Zusha harmonizing together, you know, in what would have been the green room if we weren't outside in Central Park. It was, it was just, it's a great night. Everybody's complimentary of each other. And the production team, everyone at the Folkspina, from Maisha Rosenfeld and, and Zalman Malatek and Muttel and every single person who works together there, it is one of the finest productions that we are a part of. So I, I will, I'm, I'm done here with my accolades, but they totally deserve it. And even this morning, back and forth with the emails, everyone congratulating each other on a phenomenal show. It really was a phenomenal show. And it was emceed by Nahum, who, as Maisha said, um, he really... He really lends a tremendous amount of professionalism and polish to his show. And we appreciated that feedback as well. And as you know, Nahum deserves it. So Kola Kavod, shout out to everyone who took part in Yiddish Soul last night. It was the third show. And um, I-, I wish them continued Hatzlacha, continued success for many, many years to come. Let's do the fortune cookie. Let's do that fortune cookie. I didn't win Powerball. I also didn't play, so that's probably a problem. Here we go. Moderation in temper is always a virtue, but moderation in principle is always a vice. A lot of big words. Yeah. Um, right. A lot of big words on a little piece of paper. So um, I can't. I, I can't. I can't blame this one on you, is yes, what I'm about to say. I will blame it on Avrami because he picked it, but I really can't blame anything on Avrami because Avrami did great this morning in hours 7 and 8 of JM and the AM this morning. He really did put on a phenomenal program, and my thanks to him. And sorry for throwing him off schedule, but uh, he did a great job. It was a good team effort this morning. Let's go through the national holidays. Today is Career Nurse Assistance Day. Dump the Pump Day, which for those of us who drive a hybrid makes us you know, more holier than now than usual, which is, you know, a joke. Global Wind Day. Magna Carta Day. Yes, Yoni, it is Magna. No, you're shaking your head. I'm not feeling any of these days. Okay, just wait. Native American Citizenship Day. Nature Photography Day. Shout out to Mr. Deer. May he rest in peace, who took beautiful, beautiful photographs. Uh, It is Recess at Work Day, Yoni. You feeling that one? Okay. We're getting in the right direction? Thank you. Um, it is World Elder Abuse Awareness Day. And if you make a comment about my age, you will be done. No um, but it is also, thank you. I'm happy you weren't. And it is also um, the National Day of Prayer for Law Enforcement Officers. So I do want to take a moment to say that that is a, especially in light of yesterday, that is an unbelievably well-timed, ironically enough, well-timed day. By um, by the time the, uh, it sounds crazy, by the time we left the studio yesterday, there had been three shootings, as I said, that we knew about here in the United States. There was the one at the congressional baseball, pra- uh, baseball team practice, which is an insane, insane story. There was the one at the UPS facility in San Francisco. There was one here in Brooklyn uh, at the Atlantic Terminal. And um, then we came out of the concert and I was driving home only to hear uh, this wasn't a shooting, but there was a tragic accident on the George Washington Bridge that closed the bridge in both directions and two people were killed in a massive car accident last night. So um, there was something about the balance of having just sung Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah and hearing about, you know, and having this crazy day here in the United States that um, just rang 
just rang for me personally. So yes, it is a national day of prayer for law enforcement officers. A thank you to everyone who puts their life on the law, on the line in order to protect ours. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And Nefesh Benefesh, as they've been doing for the last number of years, uh, they have announced, they announced a little pretty recently their 2017 Bonetzion Prize recipients. The prizes will be awarded at the Knesset a week from this Monday on June 26th. And Nefesh Benefesh has been awarding these unbelievable um, prizes, so to speak, I mean, awards to seven Olim from English-speaking countries who are being recognized as Anglos who have made a major contribution to the state of Israel since they are making Aliyah. And I am so proud to welcome to the show today, under the Community and Nonprofit uh, section of the Bonetzion Awards is Beth Steinberg. She is a veteran Ola from the United States of America, and together with Miriam Avraham, they founded the Shutaf Inclusion Program in Jerusalem, which is an innovative, informal educational program for children, teens, and young people with and without disabilities. Close to 300 participants, ages 6 to 23, enjoy inclusive year-round activities, including day camps, Pesach and August vacations, young leadership programs, etc. And I am thrilled to welcome Beth to the show. Good morning, Beth. Hi, Miriam. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely my pleasure, and mazal tov to you. It's really like an exciting moment, and I will tell you that I think as excited as I am, I think my mother is the most excited. My <laughs> parents really are. Listen, they're the inspiration. My father, Zichronolibracha, is the reason that my whole immediate family lives in Israel. And he would have been really pleased as punch to come as punch to come to the Knesset. But my mother is totally delighted. And they're serving lunch. So really it's gonna be a great day. I mean that's a home run. Right. That's a home run. Exactly. <laughs> Um, the, you, you say that it was your parents who inspired you to make Aliyah. You made Aliyah in 2006. Can you tell me how they inspired you? Well, my father was a conservative rabbi, and truly most of his um, life and his career as a rabbi, he pretty much lived and talked about Israel. To him, you know, the Zionist dream was what he had dreamed. Indeed, he tried to go to Israel in 1948, but it's a really great story. He got captured by the Lebanese stuck in a prison camp for eight weeks until he was sent back to New York. And as he would tell it, you know, he went to rabbinical school, met my mother, got married, had a family. But moving forward, he thought to himself, how do I get myself back to Israel? And Mm. it began with my elder brother, then my older sister, and then my younger sister, Jessica, and then me. My parents moved after my dad retired in the early 90s. And we were left in New York. It was really a long it took us a long time to sort of say, hey, we want this adventure, too, and maybe we can have this adventure, too. Um, especially after my youngest was born in 97 with disabilities, we thought, well, maybe we had missed, shall we say, the Aliyah boat. But indeed, we hadn't. That's, and we sailed on it in 2006 together that's, as a family. That's great. And so you are a Nefesh Benefesh uh, success story, another story of a an, an Anglo-speaking Ole who has come and not only taken part in life in Israel, but helped to build the state of Israel, which has to be um, gratifying for you to be recognized that way. But also, as you said, you know, your, your mother is, your mother is kvelling, um, to, to piggyback on any Yiddish I know. And, um, (laughs) your father would be incredibly proud, but really it's a testament to you and your family that you've been able to receive this award. You know, we were very fortunate in that we moved into, you know, that we moved and had family here waiting for us. 
we were very, I was very fortunate that in terms of founding Shootuff, that I had my friend Miriam, whom I already knew. She had been my guide a little bit because she has a daughter with disabilities as well as two years older than my youngest, Akiva. So I was able to like come into a situation where I felt I had people who could offer me support. And mind you, I moved with bigger kids, which mm. is also something I think that's important for families to know that they can make Aliyah successfully with older children. For my husband and I, it was an amazing adventure, which we embarked on when I was 44 and he was 45. Wow. And you're right, because I, you know, as a person who's in her 40s, if you'd say to me now, Miriam, you, it is not too, ma- too late for you to make Aliyah. I know your kids are bigger. They recommend that you make Aliyah when your kids are younger. But don't think that there's a point in your life where you moving to Israel is something that's unattainable. I don't think so. And I'll tell you something else. I have this theory, and I chatted about it with somebody who said, Beth, there's a book there. You know, we all know the... Uh, what's the book? Saul Singer's book, The Startup Nation. And indeed, it's an amazing story about Israel as a place where things happen, where a lot of innovation grows out of. But I'm here to tell you that I think there's also that other side of the story, which is Israel, the nonprofit nation. Mm. You know, Israel's a place where there are more than, like, I don't know, 30,000 nonprofits, registered nonprofits at any given time. How many of them are active? I'm not exactly sure. Let's say two-thirds of them. But we're talking about a a community in a country which has this idea of, let's say, social entrepreneurship and doing stuff into which I fell. And what I what, just finishing that thought is, I think as an immigrant, especially not as a 25-year-old, I was poised to sort of do something different, to innovate, to release myself from what I had done in New York. I always say I left I moved from Brooklyn so I could like leave my junk mail behind. But indeed, you could leave your junk behind and start afresh. Isn't that an amazing thought? It is an amazing thought, and it's it's similar to a story, uh, a personal anecdote that I had that I had heard from somebody whose uh, workshop I attended um, in um, outside of Tel Aviv, who also left their life behind. She and her husband left her previous life behind, made Aliyah, and started this new company outside of Tel Aviv that is really completely different from the life that they were leading in their previous country. And she told me that, in her opinion, the best way to make Aliyah is with the idea that not only can you leave your previous life behind, but you should leave your previous life behind. Start fresh. Be dreamers. Live anew and start something that just inspires you from every single day going on. You don't have to be a lawyer in Israel if you were a lawyer your entire life in New York. She left behind her her degrees and her everything and just started this this unbelievable company. And so it sounds like there is this, you know, this unbelievable inspiration, this mission, this dream like atmosphere around, you know, around both of your stories? I think that it's really true. I mean, I think that, you know, while I have been doing theater work in New York, and indeed part of the award is also for theater work that I've done here in Israel, although Shootoff is by far my bigger project. But I felt that, you know, if we use the example of both the Shootoff and Shakespeare, my project called Theater in the Rough, which I co-founded with also with some other people, including my eldest son, you know, bottom line, Israel is a place where you can start things modestly. Mm. Um, you know, we joke about it that we started Shootoff and we ran our first three camps, and then Miriam and I, my co-founder, we looked at each other and we said, um, do we, what's our, what's our insurance like, or what's this like, or what's that like? It's not that we... There had been very much this feeling of let's just do. 
and mm. learn by doing, which in New York, you don't do. Right. In New York, you can't start things without signing off on many things. That doesn't mean that we did not ensure our participant safety in the early years. We did, but we also really developed a professional methodology. We learned how to train our staff better. We learned how to plan the program better. And and, and, and that learning led to what is now, I mean, 10 years later, we're celebrating our 10th year, and I'm celebrating my 11th year in Israel as of August. Like, it's pretty amazing. And it's pretty amazing that we were given that opportunity, that we could also reach back to friends and family in the U.S., as well as here in Israel, and say, this is special. Like, support this dream, support this idea. And people really stepped forward. All of that, to me, is just something that maybe is part and parcel of what Aliyah offers you, this moment of doing anew. That's great. It, it, it also sounds, I mean, again, it sounds like similar stories that I have heard from Olim who say, there's no pressure. If I want to try something new and it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But that doesn't happen here in New York. You're 100% right. If it doesn't, something doesn't work here, you know, there's, there's a tremendous amount of pressure even before you start something to make sure it does it, that it's successful. But there's that, you know, almost unchained kind of feeling that you're going to say, yeah, I'm going to give this a go because, because if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but at least I'm going to make a go of it. And even as simply as, like, I often think about, like, this financial element. You know, people know that life in Israel can be a struggle. You might make less. Those are not insignificant things. You're coming with a family, let's say, or you're coming and you're going to have a family, whatever it is, whatever your plans are. Don't deny some of those facts. But what I also love is the people I meet who left mm. what they were doing somewhere else and now are doing something else. You know, my friend, the MBA, who's a plumber, making a happy living, running his own business. It's all great. Somebody else I know who does uh, electrician work or does renovation work. I like that I meet people who don't necessarily, in Brooklyn, I really only knew lawyers or doctors <laughs> or accountants. This is, you know, right. Pe- right. So, no, it's funny. Only, it, it's funny. No, I don't. I, I apologize for for uh, you know stepping on your toes there, but it's just it's funny only because I am literally looking at a sign that says "Living the Dream" that I took from Ben Gurion uh, a couple of summers ago, as Nefesh Benefesh graciously invites Nachum and I to join them on a charter every single year. And so when we brought after we done broadcasting, and usually the 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 terminal, the hangar is already cleared out after the. Ceremony is over. I like to I like to take some of the signs and everything and bring them back. So I'm literally looking at one of the Nefesh signs that they have people hold up for social media pictures that says "Living the Dream." And it's incredible to listen to you speak about living your dream. It's it, the, you know the juxtaposition of those two things right now is just overwhelming. One of my favorite moments in our early years here in Israel was my middle son, who was like you know. If there's a game to be played with a ball, he's there. You know what I mean? So in New York, it was often hard to, like, find the right, you know, baseball team that didn't play on Shabbat or whatever that kind of met with, you know, our particular needs as a family. So we get here, and immediately he's playing softball, and then he moved on to flag football, and then there was this crazy moment. He was in high school where he was the first team that started playing tackle. And there's the kid in craft stadium in Jerusalem dressed with the pads and the whole shebang and the little cute, you know, uniform. And I thought, this could be the reason I made Aliyah so that my kid could play tackle in Jerusalem. That's incredible. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Beth Steinberg joins us. She is a Bonet Sion prize winner. 
for her work with Shutaf, or her founding, I should say, her co-founding of the Shutaf Inclusion Programs in Jerusalem. Beth, tell me how Shutaf, st- <coughs> excuse me, tell me how Shutaf started 10 years ago. So, I mean, after the first year that we moved, that spring, I was sitting with three other women, including Miriam, who would become my uh, co-founder, three other moms, and I said to them, what do you do in the summer? And they said, it's a catastrophe. Miriam said, in particular, it's a catastrophe. And from there, Shutaf was born. Both Miriam and I are, you know, kids who grew up, we grew up in American Jewish camping. Um, and we looked at each other and we thought, well, what do you mean there's no camp for our kids? And why can't we bring uh, quality and formal education to Israel? I don't know if we thought it through quite at that level in 2007, mm. but essentially a few months forward, and we had started a program for 10 kids for two weeks in Amiel, which is kind of this outdoor museum space in Jerusalem, uh, near the zoo. And my kid came home grubby and happy, and I thought, we're on to something. And that was really the beginning of the path. And mind you, it's not like New York had been that easy. It's not that New York City doesn't have services for children with disabilities. But I am here to say that the quality of acceptance that my child received as a Jewish child with developmental delay, Akiva has Down syndrome and PDD on the autism spectrum, was much different than what I felt I had access to in New York. I just felt that there was a quality of acceptance and interest in his needs that was different here in Israel. And that's also something most people assume that services are better in the U.S. Yes, there are things that are better in the U.S. There is a quality of case management that's better in the U.S. or that I received better in New York. But we have not been unhappy with services that we've received here. So we start the program, and we quadruple in size in our first year. We ran three camps, and we really we learned a few things. We learned that uh, we could mix kids with all kinds of disabilities, that um, building a great program wasn't about their diagnoses and their labels. It was about excellent staff, quality programs, planning, planning, planning. Um, moving forward 10 years, we served more than 300 kids, teens, and young adults year-round at our three camps and also at a year-round program of young leadership that we run for teens and young adults. And we're tremendously proud of what we've done, and we're proud of the innovation and how in Jerusalem we bring together different um, kids from all backgrounds, religious, secular. We have one Arab participant, meaning any kid whom we feel we can serve their needs at the program in our extremely pluralistically-minded way of running and planning the program and bringing kids together, then bakasha. You are welcome. That's incredible. It's it's amazing to me all, always how people don't understand, how parents don't necessarily understand that if you're not going to advocate for your child, no one will. And it is a testament to both you and Miriam that you received this award because that's exactly what you did. You saw a need. You have children with special needs, and you wanted to make sure that they were receiving you know, the programming and everything that you wanted for them. You didn't wait for somebody else to figure it out. You rolled up your sleeves in your first year of making Aliyah and figured out a way to to make it all happen. And it's an incredible, incredible, um, you know, the willpower, the power of a mom, you know, that that yeah. that image, that mother bear, you just, you, you know it. You The mama bear knows what, what the children need and you just got to go out there and you got to get it for your kid. And I give you a tremendous amount of credit, both you and Miriam. And I also, I don't want it to, to go un, unmentioned that I, I give a tremendous amount of credit to Nefesh Benefesh as well to recognize the hard work of parents who are making a difference in, their, in the needs of their children and specifically in the world of, of parents who have children 
children with special needs, I think it gives a tremendous amount of validation to parents like you who are trying to make, you know, th make life work. And, and I give them credit and I give you a tremendous amount of credit as well. It really is very special, the initiation of this kind of award. I mean, Miriam and I are not, like, we're not competition people. It's hard enough applying for funding. You know what I mean? It's hard enough to just do the work that we do to ensure that we can run the program. Um, we, you know, there's a lot that feels great both for both of us. Miriam has been here close to 40 years, you know, and me, as I said, almost 11. But for both of us, we are a tale of, you know, coming to this country and, you know, finding a way to make it work. And as you said, answering a need where you feel that maybe it hasn't been answered before. Um, I will say, though, that, you know, you do hope that attention towards a project like this might suddenly bring more success to it. Because right. bottom line, there are kids we can't serve because we simply don't have the funds to do so. And that is something that I, I say to myself, you know, we're actually, I think there's going to be an article about um, Chutaf in our project via the award in the Israeli press. And that's really important because Israelis need to be proud of their olim that's mm. coming from all sorts of countries. And, you know, not every immigrant, meaning the immigrant story, sometimes I think, you know, they'll say, oh, yeah, you know, there was this group of immigrants and they needed this and that group of immigrants and they needed that. Yes, immigrants come in and they might need assistance, but that doesn't mean that once they settle in, that they can't find a way to contribute. And we see that, you know, every group that comes in finds a way to settle in and then, of course, be part of society and, you know, do what they will with that. CampShutaf.org, C-A-M-P-S-H-U-T-A-F.org is where you can find more information and, more importantly, to be very honest, you can help Beth and Miriam continue their vision. CampShutoff.org. Beth, my thanks to you so much for taking the time this morning, uh, this evening for you, obviously, as you're in Jerusalem. And call a kavod to you and continued Hatzlacha to you and your entire team and everyone at Camp Shutoff and at Shutoff for, for all of your hard work. Thank you so much, Miriam. And next time you're in town, come for a visit. We'd love to show you around. Oh, it would be my pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate that. It would actually be my pleasure. You're listening to that. Thanks so much. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, my thanks to Beth for joining me this morning. My thanks to Yoni behind the board. At the conclusion of this program, the live lunch starts in just a few moments. Don't miss a moment of that. And, of course, a full afternoon programming continues after 1 o'clock, after the conclusion of the live lunch, all afternoon long. Tomorrow morning, JM the AM from 6 to 9 in the morning. Scheduled right now is the weekly update for 745 in the morning. Just check back to make sure we are on with the weekly update. And then, of course, at 9 o'clock, it is Naomi Nachman and Table for Two with a brand new edition. And then the Arab Shabbos music mix starts at 10 a.m. Eastern time and continues through Shabbos through candlelighting here on the East Coast. You hear that in the background? Yeah, if you're familiar with that song, that's exactly the song I heard at 5 o'clock in the morning when I walked into Starbucks and I tweeted about it. It's a funny thing to walk into Starbucks and hear them playing Matis Yahoo, but they were. So I thought that that was a little bit of a good omen as to what we should close with today. This is Sunshine by Matis Yahoo. Matzay Shabbos, of course. We have Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami. That starts after, what time are we starting? 9.30, says Avrami. Just stay tuned. We'll post it. It's not a problem. Sunday morning, Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to Matis. He'll be on the air starting at 7 o'clock in the morning. Don't miss a moment of JM Sunday. My thanks to everyone who put this program together. It has been a team effort. That's life, everybody.
Bye, guys. Baby. Oh, 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 oh.